Good morning, church. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. And if you're a guest with us here today, may the Lord bless you. I'm Pastor Mike. We are honored to have you here with us today. Glory to his name. And in just a moment, we'll be having prayer and we'll be speaking to the Heavenly Father again. But before that, in Matthew chapter six, we're talking these days about Lord, teach us to pray. And each week we're working through this very wonderful prayer called the Lord's Prayer, but it is a prayer given to the disciples. And sometimes I like to call it the disciples prayer, the prayer that we all learn to pray, boys and girls. This is what the Lord Jesus teaches us to pray. And you must know these words so that it will help you to know how to pray. Matthew chapter six, and we'll be there in just a moment. Let me give you an update on several things related to uh, our continuing uh, uh, work in evaluating and praying what our church will do related to foster care. We brought that to you before. I've encouraged you before. If you have not read the audit by the state of Tennessee, it's posted on the website. And you should read it. Uh, you should read it for yourself and then allow your conscience and the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what you do about it. This last week, the pastors and myself, we met with the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home. Brother, Brother Greg McCoy is our director. And in uh, the, the days ahead, uh, Lord willing, we're working out. We want them to come and speak to our whole church so that we can all hear more about the wonderful work they're doing in relationship to foster care. It's a wonderful thing. We've been praying for some opportunities to meet with others so that we might learn first what it is we can do as a church before we come to you and ask you if uh, here are some things we can do. Obviously, the call continues to go out. And I mentioned to you all, and those of you who are listening to us online, wherever you hear my voice, uh, today, if you, if the Lord is calling you uh, to be a foster care family, uh, Brother Ken Metcalf can talk to you about that. What a blessing it is. We've had a number of our people who have uh, served as foster uh, parents. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an illustration, a story on that. And that's who we want to pray for today. But be praying. We have the opportunity to meet this week with the um, DCS, uh, the, the Department of Children's services northwest region which is where dixon county is located and uh, we're delighted that she is willing to come and meet with us and we told her we want to come we want to pray for you pray for the workers we're not uh, here to cause trouble or anything we want to be a, a help so pray for us this week as we do that uh, our our dear brother and a member of our church and our representative jody barrett uh, asked me and i was honored to have the opportunity to open prayer at the state legislature this last Friday. And I wanted you to see that uh, online. And uh, so it's on the website if you'd like to see that. It was a good opportunity for me to meet a lot of our representatives and uh, for us to talk about various things, including this matter of foster care with them. It was good to hear that our governor in his uh, inaugural, inaugural address made mention of the need for the state of Tennessee and for all of us as Tennesseans to do our part in helping with this very important matter of um, foster care. So we have more to say about that in the days ahead. Stay tuned. So before we pray this morning, we want to pray and thank the Lord for uh, today. Our focus is on thanking God for foster care families. We have those who have been foster parents in our church. And the blessing on the children who are in foster care is a wonderful thing. And again, uh, if God puts it on your heart and God leads you to do that, we, we, we can give you information about that. What a blessing it would be to you. 
So I'm, I'm very tenderhearted about this. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the warning now. So it's, it's sad to see a, a, a grown old man cry. But if I cry, then you can just wait a minute and I'll get over it and you'll be okay. Uh, so, so I want to read, though, to you something that's very good, such an encouraging, wonderful text. This is, a, this is to one of our own people who served as foster parents to a girl. And she's, you know, she's, uh, she's growing up. She had her experience in their family. And uh, she writes these words. So I'm going to push through them as best I can. And uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how I do as we go along. But I wanted you to hear them. Because these words <clears throat> remind us of how important it is and what an impact foster parents have on the lives of children who really don't have any control for what they're facing related to their family. So this is a typical teenager. You might be, she texts at uh, 12 a.m. in the morning. You might be asleep, and I'm sorry if this wakes you up. I wanted to tell you. Uh, the great impact that you've had the biggest impact on me in my in my life. I turned 17 today. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think I'd make it, but I'm alive and I'm healthy. I'm here at my house now back home, my family in my bed, and I have no cut marks anywhere on my body. I'm strong and I'm moving forward and I can't believe it that I've made it to 17. I could not have done it without you and your amazing family. And I'll never forget all you've done for me. Thank you for, uh, for allowing, thank you for making the difference in my life. And I have confidence that I'll make it to 18. She says, uh, uh, she goes on and says, I, I love you. Thank you. I say, mom, I'm grateful for everything you've done for me. And for all the times that you went out of your way, spent your money and, uh, and lost sleep over me so that I might be where I am today. And if God has a favorite, <laughs> now I warned you, so just wait a minute here. I warned you. This is good for you to hear. So she wrote to our uh, one of our dear ones who did this for her. If God had a favorite, it would be you. So now, Heavenly Father, we get to say, Heavenly Father. We know what it's like to be adopted children of God. No hope. Without God in the world. 
but you sent your son and we believed on the Lord Jesus and we are adopted. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those in our church who have taken up the cause and without any credit recognition, you know, you know, and you will bless those foster parents all across Tennessee, really around the United States and the world, including our dear foster parents in the Baptist Children's Home who care for over 120 children this very day. We thank you for them. We thank you for their sacrifice. And those of us who have never been foster parents, we have no idea what it takes to do that. But we pray that you might help us to help them in a better way in the days ahead. So today we thank you for foster parents. And we thank you for the great impact they have had on truly helping and allowing, saving children's lives. They are today. They are like a kinsman redeemer. They are one who delivers and helps and aids. We pray for them today. We pray your great blessings upon them when they cannot seem to wonder how they're going to make it. We do pray for, we pray for our governor. We pray for the state legislatures, senators. We pray for them to truly not push aside these needs, desperate needs in, uh, in order to face or to deal with business and commerce in such a way that, that they forget about the child. So we pray for them today. We pray that they would do their job as it relates to showing justice and mercy to those who are helpless, who cannot take care of themselves. They have been given that duty and responsibility by you. And so we pray for them today. And we come to help them and support them however we can as a church and as God's people. May we rise up. Lord, many, many people say to us, this is a hopeless thing, but nothing is hopeless. Nothing is impossible beyond your help. So we call upon you to miraculously transform and change things among the needs, the great needs in foster care in Tennessee. May we continue to make it something we pray about and do our part to do as a church. Show us, O oh Lord, what you'd have us do. And we thank you for it. Now, we, Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes to the truth of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we're in Matthew chapter 6, and I'll have you take up with me again. As the Lord is teaching the disciples to pray, he says, Matthew 6, 6, But you, that is you disciples, you disciples, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Verse 9, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven. 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we come today to this very important truth. When you pray, pray to your heavenly Father. Pray to your heavenly Father. I've been asked all of my ministry life. And this is a good request. This is a good question. It shows, it shows that someone's truly saved. This is the question. Pastor Mike, how do I begin to pray? What, what do I do to begin to pray? Uh, do I stand a certain way? Do I sit a certain way? Do I kneel? Do I, how do I begin? What, what do I do? Do I have my Bible? Do I, how do I pray? How do I begin to pray? Begin to pray. How do I start my prayer would be another way. How do I, what is the method? What is the way I start my prayer? Boys and girls, this is important for you to know here today so that you always know how the Lord taught us to pray so that as you pray all of your life, you pray as the Lord Jesus taught us. And then the question is always asked, so what should I say when I begin to pray? How do I start my prayer? Well, this is what I believe this first phrase in this wonderful, we call it Lord's Prayer. I, I, like the, I like to call it the Disciples' Prayer because it is the prayer of disciples of the Lord Jesus that He gave to disciples, the Lord Jesus. So we honor the Lord Jesus today in His teaching on prayer. I hope that you would go first to the Lord Jesus to learn how to pray rather than to your favorite preacher or your favorite person you like to read on devotional things. I hope that you would pay attention to what our Lord taught us to pray. No one knows more about prayer than the Lord Jesus Christ. So today the Lord teaches us, and this is my focus, how to begin to pray. How to begin your prayer time. Well, it also requires a place, as we've said, and a time and a secret place, as we've mentioned, in verse 6. So we're going to go between uh, this phrase in verse 9 and back to verse number 6 again for a repeated time because there are other lessons for us to learn about praying. What is my desire as your pastor here? My desire is that all of you who are followers of Jesus from the youngest of days, maybe you just became a Christian, to those of you who've walked with God for many, many generations and decades, that we would be people who pray, that we would be a praying church, not just a going and serving and ministering church, but that we would pray and that we would pray to our Lord as he taught us to pray. So what do we learn today? Well, there's three observations I have for you and I won't be long with these, but I'd like for us to go through them and look at them. Number one, when you begin to pray, pray to your heavenly father. And that's when the Lord says, pray in this way, First phrase, our Father who is in heaven. So when you pray, you pray to your heavenly Father. Secondly, as you begin to pray, don't forget this. This is significant from verse 6. As you begin to pray, your heavenly Father is meeting you as you're praying. Not soon we'll meet you, not maybe we'll come. No, He's there. As you come to meet Him. And as you begin to pray in your secret place, it happened here today in public. 
Is the Lord is gathered here with us. And you heard uh, Pastor Scott, you heard uh, Pastor Todd, you heard them all pray, our Father. We prayed our Father and He met us here. He meets us in worship. And then finally, uh, this is important to know because when you pray and as you begin to pray, you are meeting with the Heavenly Father. This is the most important appointment of your life every day. This is the significant, this is a phenomenal gospel truth that you have the opportunity. Now listen to me. You've heard it too much. You've been around it too much. But to the new Christian, this is an astounding truth that when you pray, the God of all glory in heaven, Father, Son, Spirit meets with you personally as you pray. What an amazing thought. You have the attention of God in heaven as a child of God. So as we think about prayer today, let's just for a moment pause on this wonderful phrase. We could spend a lot of time on it. I could spend additional days on this, but I want to try to, to again, bring it to your attention today. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, this is what we say. We say, Abba, Father, our Father who is in heaven. The most wonderful, glorious way to begin to pray. You see, the Lord says to us, when you approach and when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven, Abba, Father. Seeing children run to their fathers and run into their arms and talk to them and speak to them and describe them. The Lord does not say, pray our sovereign. He does not say, pray all powerful one. He does not pray, O eternal one. Though all of those things are true about the nature of God the Father, He says, pray our Father, our Father, our Father. Yes, He is your heavenly Father. He is my heavenly Father, but He is our heavenly Father. And as we pray, we pray our Father. He is the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ in His earthly ministry. He is the one, as children of God, we pray to God, Abba, Father. Prayer is this intimacy that a child of God has with the heavenly father. It's a child, it's a child of God speaking to their heavenly father. He is our father. Father is the word that means uh, generator or originator. He is the one from whom we have life. He is the father of our Lord Jesus and he is the father of all believers in this room and around the world. Well, how did Peter say it? Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, who has caused us believers to be born again to a living hope, who is the one who birthed us, who gave us new birth because of what the Lord Jesus did on the cross. It is God, our father. He is in heaven, our father in heaven. He is not your buddy down the street. He's not your pal. You slap on the back. He is our father in heaven. He is enthroned in majesty and eternal glory and unapproachable light. He is Father reigning eternally, ruling over all things and nations. He is sovereignly accomplishing His purposes in the world, surrounded with worshiping angels beyond imagination, the number and the count, and saints of God already in that glorious place, many of whom are our friends 
and our family united to Jesus. This is the Father united to Christ the Son and the Holy Spirit and uh, the Lord Jesus, our high priest. Heaven, our Father in heaven, I'm speaking to the highest one. I'm speaking to the one who is in that place beyond our time and space. I am speaking to that one who understands from the beginning to the end, the first, the last. The one who is, the one who is to come. I'm speaking to that one who is the eternal God. I'm speaking to that one who is the one who, give, who dwells in this glorious light that the writers of the Bible try to describe. But how can you describe unapproachable light? Heaven, our Father who is in heaven, the eternal peace, joy, love in the presence of God, all surrounded. There is no need for a sun in heaven because the light of God is there, as we read in the book of Revelation. In prayer, in prayer, what do I say by prayer? Prayer is when you bring your desires and wishes toward God the Father in heaven you are speaking with God the Father who is in heaven. And yet he meets you in your secret place as he's met us in this worship place as we've called to him and drew near to him our Father who is in heaven. This is an astounding thought for us to think about, my friends. Don't let this miss you. You see, the language of your soul, a saved soul, is Abba, Father. It is the natural way you desire to speak with your heavenly father. Some give us the idea that God the father is not approachable. God the father is some kind of heavenly grouch. Or God the father has got some kind of grudge he can't get over. You are, you are born again of your heavenly father. So it leads me to this. So as we begin to pray to our heavenly father, he meets you. What does that mean? Who is this who is this heavenly father who meets you as you pray? Where he's the one who meets you. Now, I'm, I'm trying to help you with your prayer life here. When you go to that secret place and you begin to pray, I don't care where it is, what time it is, day or night, whatever, whenever you, when you meet God in that secret place, you meet him and say, our father, you are meeting with that one who, who has unconditional love for you. I'll read to you from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. He chose us in Him. Who's the He? Who's the Him? Our Father chose us in Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world. What an astounding statement. That we would be holy and blameless before Him. That is, before God the Father. In whom He predestined us to the adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. Oh, there's much there for you. When you come before the heavenly father, our father, you say, you say to him, our father, he meets you there unconditionally. He doesn't come and say, now, wait a minute, Mike, I got three or four things here. Hold on. I've got my list. Hold on. Before we can start, I have to talk. Oh, I've got this list of bad things. No, no, he knows all about my condition. He knows that's why we pray. That's why we pray, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts, but he doesn't start there. We start by saying, 
our Father who is in heaven. Isn't it interesting that the Lord teaches us to pray first to our Father in relationship before we start asking Him for anything? So here we have it. God the Father meets us as we pray in unconditional love. He comes and meets us listening to your desires and wishes. What is that? Before the altar, it says in the book of Revelation, why it's the prayers of the saints. None of the prayers of God's people are ever lost. They are all heard and known by God the Father. Your Father who sees you in secret, Matthew 6, 6. Your Father who sees you in secret implies He sees you and He hears you. He is listening to you. As you begin to pray, your heavenly Father is meeting you with unconditional love, with a willingness to hear you and to accept you because you are in Jesus Christ. You are now a believer. You have been adopted into the family of God. He accepts you and he shows compassion to you. One of those great passages where Paul was trying to encourage the Corinthian church is, is one that sometimes we overlook it and we forget about it. But I want to remind you today of these wonderful words in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 1, verse number 3. Ble Let me just read it. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wait a minute, here it is. This is for you today. When I go and meet with God the Father, He is the Father of mercies. He's the Father of mercies. And the God of all comfort. You say, I need comfort today, Pastor Mike. I need mercy today. Yes, we all do. And when we go in prayer to our secret place and say, Our Father, we speak to this one who, has, who will show us mercy. And come to the throne of grace. Isn't this the way the book of Hebrews calls us? Come to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find help in time of need. He is the one who unconditionally loves you. He hears you as you pray. And he also shows compassion to you and comforts you by the Holy Spirit and provides for you what you need. James said it this way, every good thing and every perfect gift and every, by the way, everything God gives you in answer to prayer is a good thing and a perfect gift. Exactly what you need. Every good thing and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. It's all coming from God the Father. So I meet with Him. What an, oh, consider this, my friends. What an amazing thing. I'm talking to you today that when you go to your quiet place, you, solitary, single Christian, you, just an everyday Christian, you who just know Jesus Christ, you go to your special secret place and you meet with God the Father and the glorious God, the glorious God of heaven and earth and of all creation and of all things, this sovereign, wonderful, glorious one meets you individually as you pray. How sweet the peace of mind that comes from that. How joyful there arises in my heart no matter what my circumstances. And what a hopeful assurance it gives me to face anything in my life because I have been with my heavenly Father. Finally, as you begin to pray, the other side of it is you're meeting with the Heavenly Father. 
you know, there are some children who never want to be around their father. There are some children who have bitterness and hatred toward their fathers. They avoid them. Uh, there, there are some who would belittle their fathers as they get older or minimize them or not think about them or consider them or respect them. But you see, here we find, and by the way, there are followers of Jesus I may be speaking to today. You haven't spent time with the Heavenly Father in a long time. Let me ask you, my dear friend, if you're a Christian, why would you live such a prayerless life? Why would you live without speaking with the Heavenly Father? You, you've considered your own ways. You've come up with your own ideas. You've talked to all your Christian friends about it. But you haven't spent any time with the Heavenly Father. You've not spent any time with Him to determine what's best for you. Perhaps it is because you're afraid to be with Him. Don't be afraid. Come to Him in whatever condition you're in as a child of God. He will receive you. He will meet with you. And as you meet with Him, by the way, you come boldly by faith. You see, this is the way we come. We come boldly by faith. We come and secret prayer is taking us to the throne of grace. We go to heaven when we pray and heaven comes to earth when we pray. There is no way to describe this glorious mystery except as I'm describing it to you. It is something beyond imagination. It is something beyond uh, comprehension. What happens when the single believer comes and takes their place in their secret place and speaks with the Heavenly Father about their needs and their burdens and prays on behalf of other people. When we come, we come boldly. We are accepted. We are accepting the love of God for us. I have repeatedly quoted to you as we were talking about having assurance in 1 John 4.16. It is one of my most favorite passages. I'm not repeating because I'm old. I'm repeating because it must be heard again. We have come to know, listen, this is a testimony of believers. We have come to know and believe the love of God, which he has for us. That's why I go to pray. That's why I come and meet him. I go there and I desire I desire his help. That's why we pray as we do. Give us our daily bread. That's why we pray, forgive us of our debts and our sins. That's why we pray, don't lead me into temptation. Lead me away from it. That's why we pray, deliver us from evil. We come to the Lord and we come to him accepting by faith the love of God, which is promised to us through the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the old preachers said, communion with God is giving and receiving. Until the love of the Father is received, we really don't know how to have communion with God the Father in love. You see, that's what I'm coming to do. When I come to pray, I'm coming in love because someone has loved me first. And I want to speak to Him. And I'm speaking to Him in an atmosphere of unconditional love. Why would you not come to God the Father and speak to Him about all of your needs, my friend? Why would you not come and spend time with Him? Why would you not carve out of what you consider such a busy schedule not to spend time with God? You know, it's been interesting in my life. Some of the busiest people I've ever known, I was called when they died and stood at the grave and they weren't busy anymore. Life was over. 
and their calendar and their phone and all of their appointments were still on the book, but they were gone. What is it that you must do, my friend? What is it that must prioritize your life? What will it take? What will it take for you to say, I must first, I must first and last go in secret and say, our Father who is in heaven. There is a desire to obey and to enjoy God. Uh, Psalm 1611 says, now is this a lie? In your presence is fullness of joy. I would, I would wish for all of my fellow family members at First Baptist Church and every believer I could speak to, if I could appeal to them, to discover, to discover the presence of God and the joy that comes when you're in the secret place with Him. He's not rushing you. He's not pushing you. He's there to be with you and build relationship with you. You make Him joyful with gladness in your presence. Psalm 21, 6. So we submit to Him. We ask for things as the Lord Jesus called us to do. So today... The Lord says, pray then in this way. Here's how I begin my prayer. Whatever clothes I have on. Whatever position I need to be in. Oh yes, position is important. Sometimes it is important to kneel. Sometimes it is important to stand with our hands raised to heaven looking into the sky. Sometimes it is that we bow our heads, yes, Yes, our posture does matter in order to help us be in the right frame of mind. But you see, it's not babbling words. It's not repeated sentences and statements. It's not, it is the simple meeting of God by saying, Our Father who is in heaven. So what do we remember about this today, my friends? A life of prayer is a lifetime of fellowship with God the Father. I don't know any other kind of relationship that brings more joy, more fullness, more security, more confidence. Listen, that removes fear, that removes dread, that removes doubt than when you go and meet with the Heavenly Father. And you know what you say? Heavenly Father, I am afraid. Heavenly Father, I have doubt. Heavenly Father, I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. Heavenly Father, I am really upset. I am mad. Heavenly Father, I don't want to forgive this person. Heavenly Father, this was cruel. Why am I in this condition? Heavenly Father, you see, this is the joy of meeting God. This is the joy of meeting with God, our Heavenly Father. And rejoicing because He already knows what you need, but He wants you to come and ask. This is our way. This is how we learn to trust Him. This is how we learn to walk with Him. And loving God, this is how loving God begins. By the way, this is how worship begins. Worship publicly begins when I'm saying, I am now in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Father, glorify Yourself through Jesus today. Glorify Yourself. This is the beginning of worship. You want to worship and love God? Then learn by going to your secret place and praying and learning how sweet it is 
to say, Our Father who is in heaven. I gave you here at the end someone who's a rare, strange figure from way in the past. Gregory of Nyssa, a preacher of the 4th century. Gregory says, and I think it's such a wonderful way for us to end today, prayer is intimacy with God. It is. It is a sweet thing, as I've tried to describe to you the best of my ability. Prayer is intimacy with God. It satisfies our yearning. See, this is what will, this is why the Lord said, not only after talking to the woman at the well and sharing with her, this is why the Lord had food to eat that the disciples didn't understand. It satisfies our yearnings when we pray and it makes us equal to the angels. So the Lord, our Heavenly Father, said to us, Disciples, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven. So let's do that today. To the praise of the glory of His grace. The Lord is near to the door. Come, Lord Jesus.